You know, he's like, I'm just going to be crying the whole time. <laughs> but if my brother's going, I'll go with. And so, and then when she said, you know, Frank is like, I'm ready to go. This is not a problem. This is a big adventure. How do two cats feel about a big move? That's on this episode of Rover Says. The podcast where we talk about the weird and wonderful things animals say when they open up to pet psychics. I'm your host, Nancy Aziz. When I moved to Asheville eight and a half years ago, my um, criteria were was weather. I wanted to get out of the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. So weather, number two on the list was weather. Number three on the list was weather. <laughs> I didn't like the grayness. I didn't really, really don't like cold weather. When Christine Skozinski moved from the Midwest to the East Coast, it was all about inventing a new life. And part of that plan included a new cat. I was determined to start my life over. That happened after a divorce and a retirement and getting into my 60s. So I always was determined to have another cat. I was going to get one gray striped cat. And I was going to name him Finnegan Beginnegan. A fitting name for a companion that would be part of her new beginning. So Christine told a friend, and they both started looking for a gray-striped kitten. Well, she had her radar up for me, and her neighbors had a litter of kittens. And so when they turned eight weeks old, she said, there's a gray-striped one. And that was catnip for me. So I went to go look at him and um, brought him home and his brother that very day. She named the gray kitten Finnegan Begin Again, just as she had planned. It's Finn for short, and she named his brother Frankie. He's also a gray-striped cat with a white chest and paws. Well, tell me about their personalities. Are they different? Well, Finn, yeah, very different. Finn is, um, he's more what you would call the Frady cat. He's the one who hides when people first come over, but then he's very needy, so... Um, as soon as he can muster the courage, he comes right out and then he's, um, you know, bouncing on your hand to get petted. And Frank has always been like the cool cucumber kind of dude. He's very mellow, very chill. And but Finn is actually the alpha of the two. He kind of runs the house. I think it's because he is so needy. He he makes his needs known. But um, he's the more I wouldn't say he's not neurotic, but he's just. <laughs> He's just needy, and he's the kind of he's the kind of cat that kind of like bounces into you to get affection, whereas Frank just kind of um, smooth smoothly walks over, sidles up to you. You know, he's they're just very different cats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what makes it fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And. What was your life like together in, in uh, North Carolina? Because that's where you got them. About a year after I had them, um, the whole pandemic thing happened. And so I, I had moved to a new house. Uh, and one of, the, one of the reasons is I was doing a, a dream program. I'm a certified dream worker in terms of analyzing dreams, interpreting dreams. And I was going to go into this program. It was a two-year program. And because of the pandemic, it ended up all being on Zoom. And so me and the cats spent a lot of time just in a room together while I was on the Zoom and on my computer uh, working dreams. So we did a lot of bonding in this house. And they really got me through the pandemic, I think. They were my boon companions. And 
we just, you know, we had we had our little uh, COVID pod, me and the two cats. So it was lovely. It was really lovely. While COVID cemented their bond as a family, it also made Christine feel the pull of her human family. Yeah. So like I said, with my criteria for moving away from the Midwest was weather, weather, weather. <laughs> After COVID, number one was family. Number two was family. Number three was family. And weather wasn't even on the list anymore. Uh, so I had a wonderful experience in Asheville. I really liked it there. I got um, I got into the things that I needed to get into. Like I said, I moved there after a divorce, after retiring, after uh, you know getting into my sixties, and it was exactly what I needed to do. It was a beautiful place to find my passions, my gifts, and then uh, as any hero's journey, you end up coming back home. And so when I finally got my daughter to move back to the Midwest, it just sort of made it possible for me to start thinking about that again. And then uh, a, a death of my sister uh, really sort of underlined the idea of family again, about being really close to family. My family is Chicago and in Illinois. And it just seemed like it's now or never. So my lease was coming up in Asheville. They jacked up my rent because Asheville's very popular right now. And so it was like this harmonic convergence of a push and a pull at the same time. And so once those things fell into place, uh, and when I was packing, I actually looked through all my journals and realized I've been looking for this idea of what is home for me for about three years. The plan was set in motion, but so were Christine's nerves. Then the cats started acting up. A lot of... Um, nighttime waking, uh, like they couldn't really settle. So they would be up a lot during the evening and waking me up. And so we were all just a little unsettled. There was never a time where we all felt really rested. I mean, they would then collapse all day long. And just like a baby, I was like trying to keep them awake so that they might sleep better at night. But they, they just never really settled. And so that's what then stirred me up a little bit more, got me a little bit more nervous about whether this was a good idea or not. She was sleep deprived and anxious. Then something happened that really got her wondering, was the move the right thing for Finn and Frankie? And so what happened is very quickly after I made the decision to move, I randomly ran into the people that had given me the cats. I, I didn't even remember their names and I hadn't been in touch with them in four and a half years. And I randomly ran into them and I thought, what if this is a sign? Because somebody told me that sometimes there's animals that attach to a place and some animals attached to a person and cats tend to be place animals more than dogs. So I thought, what if this is a universe sign that says I should and, and these people were like, oh, we miss the cats so much. We wish we hadn't given them away. We just, you know, we miss them. We're glad you have them, but we really miss them. And I thought, what if I'm meant to leave them here? And so I started to think about that and sort of express that out loud, not realizing, of course, that my cats were probably picking up on that. And so we all just got ourselves into a tizzy. And, you know, before you can fly with a cat, <clears throat> you have to go to the vet and get a certificate of their health and everything. So I had taken them to the vet. It was really a big ordeal because they neither of them like it very much. 
but the vet convinced me to give them some medication for the flight. And so she gave me a prescription for gabapentin. And so I was kind of dithering about whether I should really do that because they don't, either one of them take medicine very easily. And so that's another ordeal. And so I'm like, should I put them through that? I was still so stressed about this idea. And I'm like, what if they don't want to leave? How am I going to know whether I should be taking them or whether they just really want to stay here? And so a friend of mine recommended that I talk to Suzanne Vaughn, the cat whisperer. (laughs) And so I called her. And it was almost like this emergency, like it was very close to when I was leaving. And I just wanted to be reassured that either they wanted to stay and then I would make that happen or they were ready to go and I would make that happen. This is very common, particularly when they're going to move home or move place. And it's something that animal communication is very successful with because uh, cats in particular aren't real good travelers, generally speaking. That's Susan Vaughn, the animal communicator who worked with Finn and Frankie. She says a lot of times pet owners contact her when they're considering a move. She says cats generally have a lot of questions, and so did Finn and Frankie. So the cats want to know everything. (laughs) They want to know, are we going in a carrier? Will we be together in the carrier? Will we be able to comfort one another in that way? In some cats, they want to have a separate carrier, and some cats, they are comforted by being together in a carrier. So they wanted to know those specifics. They also want to know, will we stay in a hotel? In other words, for them, this question is, will I be somewhere unfamiliar overnight? How many overnights will I be in some place unfamiliar? What will that be like? What is expected of me there? Am I supposed to not make any sound? Is it okay if I go under the bed? Uh, And please let my people know I probably won't eat very much or I won't drink very much. So those are some of the specifics that they need to be comfortable with a move. Then they also want to have pictures of where they're going to end up. Will it have an outdoor area? Will I change from an indoor cat to an outdoor cat? Will I be safe in that area, like a backyard? Will it be fenced? What will the wildlife look like in the new place? So that's some of the questions that I answer for the cats. The big question Susan answered for Christine was, did the cats really want to go? So she checked in with them, and she was so reassuring. You have to send her a picture of the cats, and the picture that I had chosen was Frank had jumped inside of a box and Finn was sitting outside the box next to him. And so that's all she had of them and their personalities. And she's like, you can see right there, Frank is ready to go. He's already jumped in the box. He's saying things like, I'm ready to go. This is going to be a big adventure. Let's do it. And Finn was like, I don't, I don't really want to go. But if my brother goes, I'm willing to go where he goes. And the kinds of things that she told me they were saying so matched their personalities that I was convinced they were speaking to me. You know, I feel like this kind of came around full circle because a long t- probably about 25 years ago, a friend of mine had talked to an animal communicator and I'm like, really, really? You know, 
you really believing that? And so I was not convinced. And then I had a, in between that, between 25 years ago and then probably about 15 years ago, I had a cat that ran away. And so we talked to another animal communicator and, you know, we're, I never did find the cat, but we got some messages from the cat that seemed real. And then this time, um, I, Susan was recommended to me by a really close friend. And this friend of mine is very much in tune with animals. And so I trust her implicitly. And so when she said, this is the lady, I'm like, I'm all in. And so when I talked to her, she was, that sounded so much like him too. And so the fact that, that she, she captured their personalities so succinctly in a 15 minute phone interview that I thought, this has to be real. She said, oh, Finn is saying things like, I'm just going to be yowling on that plane the whole time. I'm just going to be crying. And so she said, she went in there and talked to him. She said, we can't have The that. animal is just saying, this is how I'm going to handle my stress. And then I ask if we could handle it a different way. I reassure them that you're going to be right next to your person. And if they're flying, there's a whole different set of instructions. You're going to be way up in the air. You're going to feel very strange having so much space between you and the earth. The takeoff is going to make you feel pressed down. The landing is going to make you feel a little strange. So you go through the whole instruction of what it's like to fly. And then that really calms the, the nerve. But you're making a request. This is hard for us to handle. And we would like you to process your stress in a different way if you don't mind. Christine also asked Susan to explain to the cats about the medication the vet prescribed. Uh, they also said that they did not want to be drugged. And that was a big revelation to me. She said, they are begging you not to drug them. They don't want to feel like that. And so this is what I did. I put some gab. I, I took one capsule of gabapentin. They gave me a hundred capsules. And so I, I know I took one capsule, broke it apart. And that morning put it half and half on each of their food and neither of them touched their food. So they had the agency to decide to not take it. But I had the ability to be able to honestly say, if anybody at the airport or anybody asked me, did you give them something? I say, yes, I gave them something. That doesn't mean they took it, but I had given it to them. And so I liked that it was their decision. So it was just oh, the reassurance I needed, the confidence I needed to move ahead with my plan, and the fact that I, I knew that they were on board with me and that they felt reassured that we were all going as a family, that... It just um, made all the difference, all the difference. So the three of them boarded the flight, which would take an hour and a half. And how did it go? And sure enough, when we flew, they were both quiet little, they were just brilliant. They were perfect, as we like to say in the cat world. <laughs> they were so quiet, in fact, other people on the plane didn't even know they were there. So we had run into people in line because you have to check in. You can't do it online. You have to go 
stand in line and talk to a person when you're taking a cat on board. And so we ended up talking to people behind us in line and they're like, oh, these cute cats and everything. We didn't realize that they were on the same plane. Not only were they on the same plane, they were the people that sat in the seats that we put the cats underneath. And when we, and when we landed, they were like, we had no idea there was even cats on board. There was one peep, I think it was from Frank, actually, when we were descending, just like when a baby's ears pop on a plane, he just let out just a little, little mew, but nothing, no wailing, no crying, no extended thing. And I just said, we're all fine, Frank. This is part of the process. And he just quieted right down. Both of them, not a peep. They were absolutely wonderful on the plane. That so, must have been a big surprise for you. Yeah. <laughs> big surprise. Yeah. Big relief yeah. is what I'm saying. Big relief. And then we also had a 90-minute drive after we landed in Chicago to drive up to Wisconsin, and they were still fine in the car. They No peeps out of them in the car. So they were just the good travelers. They knew when we got here that this was going to be it. So it was a really, it couldn't have been a better trip. It really was wonderful. These cats were well served by having the information. It made the move so much smoother and easier for everyone. They knew what was going to happen and they were on board with it. And that's a very common story with talking to animals about travel. Uh, Once they're very well informed about what's going to happen, they can get on board with the people and it just makes everything a lot easier. In their new home, there was a little adjusting, but Christine says she learned a lot from Susan, which gave her new confidence to talk with the animals herself. She says Finn and Frankie have settled in now and are happy back doing their favorite cat things. Um, They're very much into cat dancers. So uh, a stick with a ribbon on it and they, you know, Frank is a jumper. He's, he can jump he can jump on top of a door and sit on top of a two inch door, just right on top of the door. I don't know how he does it, but he like can get re- up there. Regular and, height door? Yeah, regular height door. He's a big jumper. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say. And so he's like, he, you know, cats, some cats like to be up high. He's a high cat. And Finn is very much low and slow. He likes, he's in fact um, ripped the underneath of my couch open so he can, that's where his hidey hole is. So he's in the couch all the time. Now that you're there and now that the cats obviously made the trip so well, uh, was it the right thing to do? (laughs) Well, um, I really feel like our little family is going to be completely happy here. Um, Not only do, uh, do we all kind of like the space, but because I'm so close to my family now, when I go out of town for any reason, they're going to have family members come and watch them. And so that's going to be good for them as well. So I think we're all going to love it here. Thanks so much for listening to Rover Says. If you like the show, please rate it and share so other people who want to know how animals really think can find us. And we'd like to hear from you. Tell us what your animals are telling you or what they've told animal communicators. We drop new episodes every other Wednesday.